They should have trade. They need to trade him to Latvia right now for uh, one of the Ball brothers. <laughs> for, for one of them, we'll take the futures on uh, Lamelo. Yeah, there you we go. don't want Leandro. He's trash. We'll take the futures on Lamelo. Cooking with jet fuel. Oh my gosh, that's electrifying. You're gonna get a lot of live action. Oh yeah. Thanks, everybody, tuning in for another edition of The Short Thing here on Memorial Day weekend. It's Warren Shore and Ryan Silva here for the next hour here on Talk Radio 1190. Big show planned for you today. No guests. Uh, taking a break from the golf talk. Uh, hope everybody has enjoyed that the past couple of weeks. Go listen to those interviews with Casey from Trinity and Andy from the Fried Egg on our SoundCloud page. Go search The Shore Thing. We're going to talk NBA and NHL playoffs coming up. Uh, at 15 past the hour, and then we'll carry that over to 30 past the hour. We're going to get into the Terrence Williams and the Cowboys and what's going on at OTAs and stuff like that. Uh, Terrence Williams had a rough week, to say the least, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the NBA draft because last week we kind of just hurried through it with the guest and everything else that was going on. But, uh, Ryan, we have a special uh, in-studio guest uh, at your friend Parker, so why don't you uh, uh, first ever in-studio guest here on The Sure Thing? Yeah, he has uh, been my best friend since we're about nine years old, played baseball together, grew up, uh, so he's in town. we got to do some wedding stuff, as any of our listeners might know. They've been listening for a while. I'm getting married in August. So he came out here for a little weekend, a little fun, a little debauchery, and uh, get our you know suits and tuxes fitted and all that stuff. Yeah, we uh, hit the golf course we on did. Friday, joined a little late. I joined a little late due to the weather delay, but that was a good time on the uh, on the golf course. Yeah, it was uh, you know, it was a little rough go. Had maybe one too many pops, lost the club out there. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that was yes. <laughs> other than that, it was pretty fun. You can't bring semi pro golfers to come out with us anymore either, and David. Okay, yeah, that was this guy smoking it with a <laughs> Three iron, smoking like three fifteen down the fairway. It wasn't three fifteen. It was okay, like yeah, two thirty with this three iron. But okay, so yeah, I told them one of my friends was probably going to join us for the back nine. I told you he was good though. Yeah, but you way undersold it. <laughs> I just said he was. I just said he was good. I didn't say he hit it like three ten, three twenty off the tee. He's going up to New York. He played college golf at Seton Hall, so he's a D one athlete. Uh, yeah, you left that part out too. I did, and so he came join us for the back nine. The funniest story had to be the tenth hole. This was probably your this was your best drive up until then. Oh, when on the I tenth hole of Pecan <laughs> Hollow, Ryan just pipes one. We're all kind of talking off the tee box, don't really see it, and it's like if you played the course, it's what it's like three hundred and thirty yard hole, yeah, right? Yeah, it was long. It's pretty narrow. It's a narrow hole, but Ryan had the bold claim <laughs> that he was not in front of the green. He was not short of the green. That was on the green. I he said it was on the green. Or it was, oh, he said it's on the green or over the green. No way, it's short of the green. And I hit mine pretty good, and I shot it. It was like two eighty five. I was like, all right. So he bet his friend Parker fifty bucks that he was he was over the green. That's the thing. He was on or over. It wasn't even like well, I around. thought. It, I thought it rolled off. That's what that was. What, I didn't yes. think I, I overdrove the. And so we're getting up there, and I see David hit his three iron. He's like, I don't know. He's and he's. I see his ball. I see another ball in the fairway, probably about 
20 yards short of mine. I see Ryan like sprinting up to the green. And he's like, I don't see it. I was like, Ryan, there's a ball back here. You want me to take a look at it? And I go, yeah, it's like a titleist, whatever. He goes, oh, yeah, that's me. And I was like, yeah, you're like 30 yards. You're like 80 yards short of the green. Just a little off. I mean, I saw it. Like I said, hey, there was, you know, a couple of adult beverages going you know, flowing. So, you know, maybe my, uh, my depth perception is a little off, but I swear I piped that one and it was, uh, it was, it was look good to me. Yeah. Something happened with your mic right there. Oh, did it? Uh, yeah. You still it hear just, me? it just went to very low volume. So you might grab. How about now? You got me now? Uh, oh, the, we got a little technical difficulty. Yeah, we're good. All right, here we go. So, uh, I could barely hear it. Maybe it's just my headphones. Yeah, that could be it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we had a good time. It was it was fun. The last last couple holes finished up strong. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely a me issue. You're coming in loud and clear over the uh, thing. Definitely a me issue with my headphones. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it's good. I just... I just can barely hear you. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> Might need to go to a different set of headphones for the next break because this is definitely not going to work out. Problematic. But yeah, no, you definitely figured it out on 17 and 18. David gave you a nice. Uh, yeah. You got to nice keep that elbow there. tucked in, rotate a little bit. I was chicken winging it a little bit. See, I should know that back from uh, you know the baseball days. You got to got to keep that elbow a little tight to the body. But uh, yeah, I did I did figure it out there at the end. Yeah, so fun times for us on the golf course on Friday night. And uh, I kept up my Pro-Am caddying thing. I might, I was seeing if there's like a caddy Pro-Am tour because you know what? They treat you great. You get a nice meal. You get, you get, they get open bar before and after the oh. tournament. You get, they had stay at steak at the Colonial Pro-Am you love for to us see to that. eat uh, before. I was like, I'm a little leery eating steak before because it was 95 degrees. Uh, but I went for it. Uh, the cookies were great. Uh, everything was great, but uh, the, gr- the group I had this week, Robert Streb, shockingly made the cut. I hate to be so blunt about it, but <laughs> if you saw his round on Wednesday, you would have put money. He was a miscut for sure. And then Ben Crane from Internet Fame, he has got some funny workout videos. So if you've seen those, they're pretty funny, and he was an awesome guy. He was giving everybody a lesson, funny stories. So the one guy uh, was just hitting his driver right all day. He claimed that he was done with the round on hole 14, which is kind of hard to do in a pro-am since you know you got to finish all 18 out. Right. So it's kind of a hard claim to do there. But so Ben Crane on the 17th hole was giving him a lesson, taking video and showing him everything to do. I was back talking to his caddy. This guy hit four balls out of the ferry already. He's the first guy to tee up in the hole. His caddy goes, come on, Ben, hurry up. We got to <laughs> we like, we finish the round here. And then uh, the fifth one just striped it right down the middle, and he goes running back. So it was worth it for that, but it was cool. Right on. Yeah it's, yeah, it's quite the last couple of weeks you've had out uh, toting the old bag around, as we like to say. Do we say that? Doing loops? Tote, toting the bag? I wouldn't say it's toting the bag. I'd say <laughs> it's just doing loops. I like toting the bag. It's fine. Hopefully <laughs> I'll tote the bag on tour sooner or later. Hey, man, just keep grinding. I know. I, was, I, was, I don't think the, the – pro, I'll tell you what. The, the Pro-Am circuit won't pay the bills because yeah. it's only Wednesday and maybe if you're lucky on a Monday. But uh, other than that – it was a fun time out there. All right, so before we get into our – we'll just get into the – we'll talk NHL playoffs here and then carry it over in the, after the break, and then we'll get into the NBA playoffs. NHL playoffs, the Caps against the Vegas Knights Whew. in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals starts tomorrow night. Feel like it should be starting Tuesday. Don't th- 
I don't think the MV, the NHL is expecting a Game 7 from Rockets Warriors, but I guess that's just how the cookie crumbles for the NHL. Seems like scheduling is always an issue for them. Yeah, they got to figure that out. But no one saw Vegas coming in it, and the Caps, I kind of hope that I'm pulling for the Caps. See, I'm I'm conflicted because I want I really want to see Ov get uh, get a cup. Uh, you know, he's been grinding away forever. This is the first time the Caps have made the Stanley Cup in what twenty years. Um, but also, Correct. I'm a huge fan of history. If we can see an expansion team break in uh, to the you know to a, a league and within that same year win a championship, I mean. And these are all guys that, you know, say what you want about teams not wanting them. But in a way, yeah, they did change the um, expansion draft rules a little bit. It used to be you could protect, I think, um, like eight uh, offensive players and six defensive players. But this year they changed it to six and three. So a lot less guys are getting protected in the expansion draft than originally would have. So, you know, you're going to see a lot better players go in the expansion draft. So that's what, you know, and they, they kind of have this, you know, us against the world type mentality, chip on the shoulder, and where they're at, man. I've been saying this all, all postseason. It just depends on goalie play. I mean, obviously that's the playoffs, but if Andre Fleury can keep uh, doing what he's been doing, kind of a career resurgence here, the Golden Knights are going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just want, I don't want a team that's in their first ever season to win a cup. I'm Why? sorry. Because to fair, I can't. I can't. No, I don't want that. You got to go through the trials of fandom. You got to suck first before you can get good. You can't just go right to the top. Well, I mean, we got to. You have to agree that if the Golden Knights don't do it this year, they're probably not going to see the final for a while after this. I would assume. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And you know what? That'd be even more heartbreaking for the fans. Let's get, let's get that heartbreak set in early. <laughs> yeah, no. The, honestly, the Golden Knights are setting themselves up for failure because if they win the cup their first year, they, they're not repeating, and then they're like that's. But I mean, you could say we won the cup the first year, and you got to be just like you. You get like lifetime, uh, just a pass. You get like a twenty-year pass, probably. Well, you know, I I have a, a a tiny bit of experience with this living in Arizona, being a Yankee fan when Arizona won the World Series in two thousand one. Was it uh, three or four years after being an expansion team? That's all Diamondbacks fans talked about. Was oh well, we you know won the championship the quickest of any expansion team, blah blah blah. And yeah, it stung a little more because it was against my beloved Yankees. But uh, so that that all that will come into play if if they win this. Uh, the fans will always go back to oh we were the first expansion team to ever win a championship. Well, that's a great thing to have. That's no, for sure, to for them. sure. But I mean, it could be another twenty or thirty years before they make yeah. uh, another Stanley Cup, and you know the fans are still going to keep their uh, keep that pumping. That's fine. All right, we will talk NBA playoffs. Couple of Game Sevens in the conference finals. We'll talk that and more coming up next here on the Short Thing on Talk Radio eleven ninety. All right, back here on the short thing, Warren and Ryan, uh, here with you for the next 45 minutes on Tuck Radio 1190. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and, I- and iTunes uh, at the short thing. All right, game seven uh, for the Cavs and Celtics series starts in about, I think, tip-offs in 20 minutes. And that is, there's a game seven because of 
LeBron James, 46 points. Had a great game, and because of this. Este vândalo Daí. vai para o arremesso. E é fatal! É fatal, papai Lebron! Lebron, ladrão, roubou meu, meu coração. coração! Lebron, ladrão, roubou meu coração! <risos> Lebron James, the king. That was ESPN Brazil. I thought that was a uh, clip from the ECL the other day. No. That was from ESPN Brazil. I forget the second three over Tatum. And what they were chanting was, LeBron, you thief, you stole my heart. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That is awesome. I think we need more flair on the ESPN broadcast. Oh, yes. The American, every other nation has way more fun on their broadcast with the clips you're hearing that, that make it viral. And then when you hear... Uh, some, I mean, there are some, uh, good, there's some good calls, but nothing as fun as anything like that. Yeah. It's more of like a, like theatrical with, uh, with other nations. Oh, everyone's a wordsman. Yeah. Trying to get the best words, but it was, that's hilarious from ESPN Brazil. Uh, LeBron, 46 points. Didn't have a triple double, 11 rebounds, nine assists the other night. And, uh, I mean, he's been on a tear. He's going to need another one of those performances tonight with Kevin Love out. Uh, that hurts the Cavs. Oh, yeah. To an ex- it, it hurts them a lot. The Cavs are definitely better with Love. But to me, it seems like, I don't know, Larry Nance played really well the other night. The offense seems to have a different rhythm with Love not in the game. I don't know how if it's better, but and I know the Cavs are worse off without Love. Right. But it just seems like LeBron just runs the point. They don't have to feed love in the post. Not saying that stalls the offense, but I mean, it just seems like there's there's more fluidity to the offense. Yeah, there's some there's a, there's a little more ball movement. But Love's such a great passer, he could pass out of that. And so. and he cleans the boards, you know, yes, so that's well as thing. well. That's that's where they're really gonna hurt. Um, not only see the, see that it's it's. Kind of a double-edged sword here because you're definitely going to get more defensive efficiency from Jeff Green being on the floor, but you're obviously going to take a huge hit on the offensive side of the ball. For sure, and I think Jeff Green needs to know his role of you stick to corner threes if you take them. Right. He's not a wing three guy, and Jeff Green in the post, if he's on Rozier, he could do some damage. Yeah. Like, he's shown in this series he could – he's – at least somewhat efficient in the post against a lower guy. Yeah, he like I said, he he's not going to be uh you know, he's not going to be filling it up on the offensive side of the no. of, and but he has you're right, like he needs to know his role in this offense because lately he's been taking a ton of shots when he does start or when he's getting extended minutes and it's it's hampered the Cavs, you know, it, the first it, it the first kill, it kills them. The first two games in Boston, he was taking a bunch of shots and he's not you know, a serviceable offensive player. No. He is a defensive specialist, I think. I agree. Um, and so, he, like you said, he needs to know his role. Or, you know, this is a lot to ask of Tyron Lue, but, hey, maybe manage your uh, bench a little bit better. The manage rot- your rotations I'm a little definitely, bit better. I was just gonna, that was going to be my next thing. Sorry for cutting you off. No, 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 I was done. Uh, but the next thing is what happens now with the rotation uh, does Rod- Rodney Hood on played since game one. Mm-hmm. Does he play? Does he release Osman? Osman hasn't played all series, but for Osman, when Jeff Green goes on the bench, he's tall, 
He'll give you energy, which is what the team needs, and he'll defend. That's really what you need out of it. You don't yeah. Rodney Hood, I feel like if he comes in, he'll be looking to score. Right. That is not you don't need to be doing the Jordan Clarkson tunnel vision passing up dudes. So I I don't know what Lou's gonna do with the uh with the offense. I know Larry Nance is definitely gonna play more. Maybe he just plays Nance a bunch more. Because I saw LeBron when LeBron and Nance were on the floor, they were like plus thirty in efficiency. Wow. Like they were really See, that's, yeah, oh no, they, were, they were no, but they were Nance and LeBron on the floor were really good together. And I like Nance because he adds an athleticism Agreed. to that post that the uh, that Tristan Thompson doesn't have and that the Cavs kind of lack. Uh, Tristan Thompson's going to get you because of his motor. He, the guy just keeps working. You know, that's that's where he's going to. And he's, he's really gonna... shut down Horford. Exactly, Larry Nance. He can out athlete a lot of guys down there, and so you know maybe he's not as strong and maybe not as, and has the you know the brute strength, but he has the the capability and the wherewithal to make moves around guys. And obviously, he's got the length. So I really like Nance as far as you know being on the floor more. It just baffles me that he hasn't had uh, more minutes. And Rodney Hood too. I don't know if he just is having a problem in this offensive system or what it may be. But, I mean, he was arguably the second or third best player in Utah, and now he can't even get on the court here in Cleveland. I just think it's – I've talked to my dad a lot about this. I don't – we've – for years about when guys get traded midseason to the Cavs, especially with LeBron, it's such a culture shock or change to them of figuring out the roles, right? what their role is. And it doesn't really help that Lou doesn't tell you you're coming in in this role and you're coming in, you're coming in at this time and you're playing this many minutes. This is what we want of you. He kind of just changes the lineup, whatever. And it, I think it would have been a little different if like love didn't break his hand six weeks in March. So he was out. So it was hard to identify roles there, but I think it's hard for these guys. Like, for Rodney Hood in Utah, they had a nice system. Everyone knew what it was. He comes over to Cleveland, throws into LeBron, just just the whatever it is, the circus. Yeah. Same thing with Nance and Clarkson. Nance has played well. Clarkson played okay in the regular season. Hasn't been great in the playoffs, but I think it's just hard for these guys to adjust to playing with LeBron, and it takes more than just a trade deadline acquisition. Or you think guys are going to play better with them, and they don't. They don't do it because I mean, we saw the same thing with like Jay Crowder and you know some of the other groups that they already shipped out. And like Jay Crowder was bad, and they had training camp to work with, right? Exactly. And like what Jay Crowder just did was defense and threes, Mm. and he was bad on both ends of the floor. And I like Isaiah Thomas; it was tougher for him because he was coming back from an injury in January. That's a whole nother story. But like, yeah, those guys just haven't. It's just hard for them adapt. And I think definitely coming from Boston, like a strict system of how you play. The Cavs have a nice ball movement for two and a half, three quarters, and then it's the LeBron ISO show. Mm-hmm. That's tough for people to deal with. So uh, what do you think? What is your feeling for the game tonight? I have absolutely no feel on the game. I think the Celtics are going to win just because I think they're going to get a little more help. The Cavs need competence from George Hill and J.R. Smith. Absolutely, they, and if they if and George Hill and Jr. have shown through three games so far on the road, they are unable to perform at an average level. They are awful. They're averaging what three three or like five points and twenty five thirty percent shooting. Like that's awful. So they need to play better. And I don't know 
if they're capable of. I don't know if George Hill is capable of playing another game like this on the road. Now he's played in big games before, so I have hope that he this the moment will get to him. But I don't know. I yeah, I agree. I have zero feel for it as well. It, we've seen the Cavs role players just. It's like they're it's like they're a different team out there when they're on the road. I don't know if it's because Jr. doesn't have his henny bottle in his locker when he's on the road or what it might be. But uh, I th- I think we will know who has won this game by the time the third quarter is over. I think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other. The fourth quarter is just going to be you know finishing it out. There's not going to be any runs. There's not going to be anything like that. But whoever I think whoever is going to win this game is going to be up by a big number. Like I said, come end of the third, I'll even stretch into like middle of the fourth first, maybe five or six minutes into the fourth quarter. And, um, and it's going to be a blowout one way or the other. I will say this big news. George Hill did have his barbacoa Chipotle tacos. Boom. And that is what he had before the three games in Cleveland. So he's got the right food. Uh, so that's a good sign there. But Corver also needs to play a bunch of minutes. Not, he doesn't, Ty Lue doesn't need to stash him on the bench for um, uh, for the first and third quarter. Yeah, I will say, though, the Cavs definitely have the experience edge. Uh, they've had it the whole series, but Tristan, J.R., LeBron probably played one of the biggest Game 7s in NBA history in 2016 finals, and J.R. played well in that game. So, I don't know. And I think Boston, they're so good at home, and... You think they got to lose a home game somewhat in the playoffs, yeah. like eventually. And if it's, I mean, it would either be tonight or in the finals. But they're going to win ten in a row at home. I don't know. But like Marcus Morris plays so much better at home than he does on the road and things like that. I, I don't because know. He's got I, his brother to back him up just in case he uh, wants to start something. Oh, but if he's a, he, he, yeah, I'm going to be interested. I think the Cavs need to dress perk. Just, just for a fish, just for, uh, just for whatever might he's got happen. Five with, hard fouls to give. Yeah, he's got five fouls to give. No, six. They have six fouls to give. Six hard. He's fouls, got you're six right. hard fouls to give. So we'll see what happens uh, in that. When we come back here on the short thing, we will talk about the Western Conference Finals, and that is going to a game seven tomorrow night. That and more here on the short thing on Talk Radio eleven. Right over there, sat on the stairs, stay or leave. The cabinets are bare and I'm unaware of just how we got into this mess Got so aggressive, I know we meant all good intentions So pull All right, back here on the short thing, Warren and Ryan, half hour left on the program Coming up at the other side, next segment, talk Terrence Williams, Rangers, NBA Draft Maybe even talk a little bit about that at the end of this segment Alright, so the Warriors get injury lucky again as Chris Paul misses game six, seems to be a trend for them. That star point guard seemed to miss some crucial games or crucial series. They absolutely steamrolled the Rockets last night, especially in the fourth quarter. 31-9. to I can't remember the last time in an NBA game, let alone a playoff game, a team only scored nine points in a quarter. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, hundred percent right. That's it's right on the heels of Golden State only scoring twelve in the fourth quarter of Game yeah. uh, Five. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a couple odd showings from obviously two just juggernauts offensively. Um, Eric Gordon came out guns blazing. Yes, Harden. Yeah, I mean, but Eric Gordon, I think, scored the first eight to ten points that yep. that. Uh, 
the Rockets had. I mean, it, it looked like it was going to be a runaway for the Rockets there at the very beginning, and then the Clay Thompson show started. And whenever Clay, I mean, obviously the the Warriors have KD and Steph, arguably two of the top three players in basketball right now. But when Clay is playing like that, they are impossible to beat. Yeah, they are. And I thought Durant did really not a lot last night. He still had 23 points. Right. But Steph was big. Clay was 9 of 14 from three. Clay, uh, Steph was only 5 of 14 from three. But they 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 only made 16 threes. It just seemed like they made all 16 of them in the second half. And Golden State or uh, Houston was up 17 after the first quarter. I was cautiously optimistic that they were going to be able to hold on to it. But I... And, and, I think deep down everybody knew that uh, Golden State was probably going to come back and win that game last night. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You I always think without Paul. Well, without Paul, yeah. I mean, it, the fact that they was off to the hot start that it was was even a shocker because I think Houston even went into the half up ten, um, and then they get outscored sixty four to twenty five in the second half. That, that is, is correct. That yeah, that is brutal. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, James Harden had kind of had an off-night shooting. I mean, 4 of 12 from, from behind three. the arc. Yeah, 10 of but 24 making, overall. I think all those four were in the first half, right? Right, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he, he just couldn't get it going there at the end uh, to kind of bring the team back. So, you, you know, you don't expect the Rockets to duplicate that again. Obviously, they're really going to need Chris Paul to be ready to go. You know, like you said, the Warriors always have these point guards go down on the opposing team. Chris Paul in the playoffs just always finds these injuries that pop up. I mean, it's it's, it's the weirdest thing. The guy has to be one of the most unlucky NBA players where he's just always injured in the playoffs uh, in big-time situations. So hopefully he can come back so that we can actually see these two teams go at it uh, full force. I still think Golden State comes out on top whether Chris Paul plays or not. But uh, we've talked before how when Paul, Harden, and Capella are all on the on the floor together, you know, they're tough to beat. And uh, But, again, the, the, the Warriors' firepower just far outweighs the Rockets, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. And... The Rockets won close games. Like that game five, they came, or game four, they won in Golden State. They dodged a Steph Bullet at the end. Almost died. They dodged pretty much another one in game five. They've, they've won the close games. Golden State has pretty much won the blowout. Like Golden State has blown out. They won by 40 in game two. Mm-hmm. They won last night by 30 some, 30, 29 or 31. Or no, they almost won by. 115-86, what they won by, 29 points. Yeah. Another blowout. So, I mean, they've been the team that has, that has won the big-time the big time blowouts. The Rockets have won the closer games in the series. I think this one is going to have to be like the grind-it-out type of – I know the Rockets like to play fast and score a lot of points, but they need a – both games they won have been under – a uh, hundred point. They need to just grind it out, play that ninety nine, ninety eight type of game, something like that, and hope Chris Paul's able to play. But everything that has come out of there doesn't sound like he's going to play. So what have they even said? What the hamstring injury is? Is it a pull? Is it a tear? Is I think it... it's a strain. Man, this guy has some of the worst hamstrings known to. I know. Anybody. It's tough. It's brutal. So I mean, I mean, but I mean, you, anybody that's ever gotten just a regular Charlie horse in their hamstring, that thing's sore for like another day or two. So if you strain your hamstring, I mean, it's tough to walk, much less run and, and shoot shift and yeah, jump up and down. Like so, obviously, you can't blame the guy if he can't go. But again, he's just that's just. I think really he might give luck. it a go. 
You, you have to. Just you for, they're not going to rule him out just for emergency purposes. Right. Say, Well, he was even suited up yesterday. But they ruled him out, so he wasn't able oh, okay, to play. Okay. So, just, okay. so just think, you need him for 30 seconds at the end of a quarter here. Just stand in the stand corner, corner yeah. be a decoy, maybe you kick out and you hit a three or something like that. Uh, just something like that for him. But And I wonder if Iguodala's coming back. I don't know. That, that seems to- Okay, the Andre Iguodala thing... Of, oh, he makes such a difference. Yeah, he makes a big difference for them. But guess what? They have four all-stars on the team, yeah. two of the top three players in the league, and they have a defensive player of the year. What, two-time defensive player of the year on the squad? Mm-hmm. So don't cry me a river that Andre Iguodala is out. Yeah, good player, plays a great role, but God, let's not make it seem like they're rolling out, I don't know, uh, some spare, right. some 12th guy on the bench, like, oh, give me a break. The team's the deepest. They got the best starting five in the league. And, and I, I would even argue that Sean Livingston's one of the best six men off the bench in yeah. the league. You know what I mean? That he's, he's definitely slowed down a little bit this year, but he's, yeah, the he last plays few well years, for Yeah, for sure. He, he's a guy that he, they can put the ball in his hands when, when uh, steps off the court and he can get some things done. So I agree that Iguodala is, is big because he can kind of run the point as well. I mean, they there's numerous times where he's bringing the ball up and he's kind of the point forward guy um but uh yeah again it's 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 a it's a blow i don't know how big of a blow it is definitely not chris paul to the rockets he that's not no that's such a bigger blow or even love to the Cavs. oh absolutely absolutely i mean loves the second best player on the Cavs. i know and iguodala is the fifth part of the hamptons five which is the dumbest that's the worst where does that even come from it's because that's where they met to get kevin durant in uh Oh my to come gosh. over in the free agency. I thought you knew that, yeah. No, the dumbest I, thing I, I was wondering how they got that Hamptons 5. God, if Kevin Durant wasn't soft before, he's even he's that is it. marshmallow soft. I had some hot tweets ready to go last night if the Warriors lost <laughs> but about Draymond, but I yeah. guess they'll have to... I fired one off in the middle of the third quarter. I was like, this will probably make the Rockets lose, but I'm going to fire it off right now anyways. I just I was ready. I was wondering who Draymond was going to call in the parking lot crying after they lost the game. <laughs> I mean, was it going to be LeBron? Was it going to be CP3 since they just uh, lost them? Who was it going to be? Yeah, it could be Kyrie. I mean, he's he's uh, he might be available. Yeah. Oh my God! If Kyrie, well, Draymond would probably get someone would have to get traded out of that for. Uh, if he called Kyrie and said, "We want you instead of Durant or something," that would be hilarious. Uh, but that game is tomorrow night. Paul George, that's who he's calling. That that is definitely who. He's, then the where they'll go to what? Uh, Montana to recruit <laughs> Paul George. They'll call the Montana Five or the Billings Five or whatever is going on. Uh, there. So that is the uh, that game's tomorrow night. We both agree that the Warriors are going to win, but yeah. we're pulling we would love for the Rockets to, yeah. because we've also agreed NBA Finals start Thursday. No matter who wins the East, and definitely the series is, will be more competitive if the Rockets win the West instead of the Warriors winning the West. Yeah, 100%. We, we both agree on that. All right, so the Cowboys news. Take, it seems like we've taken a couple weeks off talking about them. They really haven't had anything. Terrence Williams, thank you for uh, letting us talk about the Cowboys because he's lucky he's alive, I think. He is pretty lucky. He, he was riding an electrical scooter. Electric bike. Electric bike and <laughs> crashed it in Frisco at 4.41 a.m. Look, and it was, he had a Lamborghini, too. That he said was like three hundred thousand dollars. He's been really key to make sure that everybody knows, knows how much they are. He has a th- how much his Lamborghini was. Like that's like a big sticking point with him. Of dude, you're in the NBA, you could afford a three hundred thousand uh, dollar Lamborghini. 
So he was taken. Uh, he's charged with a Class C misdemeanor by Frisco PD. It was right by the Cowboys practice practice facility. Uh, I'm I've been driving around trying to figure it out. I guess I haven't done that much research to figure out the cross streets, but maybe we'll I'll go take a picture of the Terrence uh, the Terrence William uh, accident because that's right by where I live. But he's pretty lucky he's alive, and I wonder if he's going to get suspended by the league. Like what's what the deal is? And the video is really funny, and I think it's fun. It makes it funny because one, he's not seriously hurt. And no one else got seriously hurt in the uh, I'm Ryan, right now. Ryan showing his Buff Parker the uh, Terrence Williams video. He's, he looks like a toddler trying to learn how to ride their bike for the first time. You know what I mean? How they just kind of get wobbly with the handlebars and just like slowly fall to the ground. That is funny. What isn't funny is the fact that he did crash this Lamborghini, wrapped it around a light pole, $325,000. Then... He tries to blame Kendall Wright I for know, it. I know, throwing his boy under the bus. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah, it wasn't. Like, you know, whenever you, you've gotten in trouble with your friends or, you know, whatever it may be, you never throw the other guy under the bus. You just kind of, you know, dance around it. But he's straight up. The the um, One of the reports I read is that he pulled no bones. They the, the cops asked for the identity of who the driver might be, and rather than give him a description, he said, Kendall Wright, my buddy. We used to play together at Baylor. It just, boom, right off the bat. Like, didn't pull any punches. He said that... Uh, as, he listened to Chris crashed. Carter. He had his fall guy ready on the tip of his tongue. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but you don't want it to be another you know, NFL wide receiver. You nope. want to be, you know, just another guy that's hanging out, getting paid to be part of your posse. But uh, then, yeah, he said Kendall Wright crashed his car, got hopped in another yellow Camaro, and then went to the club and then called Terrence Williams and said, hey, bro, sorry, your car isn't still in one piece like it was when I when I got it. So that's what really shocked me is the fact that, because that's the last thing you want to be labeled as in an NFL locker room is a snitch. And if you're snitching this guy out, boom, right to the police right away, problematic. Yeah, and like he told the Cowboys one story, then the cops are releasing the other uh, story, and they have the dash cam or they have the body cam dash cam video of it that shows what went down. So he pretty much just lied to the Cowboys about what happened. And then his own attorney um, contradicted Terrence Williams' like uh, I guess report or whatever of of how things went down. So he's yeah. just caught in this big web of lies. It's obvious that he was lying or is lying. And it's like you said, it's interesting to see if he's going to get suspended, if the Cowboys are going to fine him, if Kendall Wright's going to send some goons after him for trying to rat him out or what, what might happen there. But uh, like you said, not, not a good look, especially with the Cowboys wide receiver depth already thin. Yeah. And he does get suspended. I know. And who knows what's going to happen with the league in this. Uh, so I, I don't, did he violate? I, it's hard to tell if he violated. He just got a DUI. Or he hasn't even been charged with a DUI yet. No, just it's public a, intoxication. Yeah, that's it. And I don't know if you can get suspended for a public intox in the NFL. Uh, I mean, they could suspend you for whatever you want, I guess. But oh, I mean, if it, if it's against the conduct policy, then I mean, he could get suspended. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm assuming any type of involvement with police, yeah. is going to be constituted as as you know, uh, conduct detrimental sure. or whatever it may be. I will say I think we do need to give uh, the Frisco police some credit here in how they handled it, especially with the Sterling Brown incident that happened in Milwaukee and that video that came out. So I think we need to give the Frisco PD some good credit there. I think you would agree with me on that, right? Oh, wholeheartedly. They, because they uh, they handled it like professionals and the tough time when things haven't really gone right 
there's been some bad incidents with the police out there, but I think they get they does they need some credit and they deserve credit for handling the situation, especially with what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks. So when we come back here on the short thing, we will take a look at what has gone on with the Rangers the last couple of weeks, and we'll dive into a little bit of the NBA draft. That's our last segment here on the short thing and talk radio 11. Final segment here on the short thing, Warren and Ryan. If you're looking for an update on the game, 11 to four Celtics for the start. LeBron has all four points so far and the Celtics made about three three pointers there so they're off to a hot start uh in that game the Rangers lost today against the Royals and they split the four game series against them they actually had a pretty good week won the series against the Yankees and then uh split the four game series there so for them I would say anytime you win four games in a week for anybody but especially the Rangers uh I would consider that a good week for them yeah no I mean and especially with uh Against the Yankees in that series, that there was some runs scored in that series. I think they won Tuesday's game twelve to ten, or maybe that was Wednesday's game twelve to ten. Uh, Tuesday's game they scored, they put up quite a few runs, and uh, Monday's game as well. Though I was actually in attendance for that one, got to see a big sexy throw out there. Um, that's always fun. But uh, I mean, their 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 bats were hot. Mazzara still, you know, kind of keeping things rolling. I'll tell you what, uh, who's who's really been well is uh, Ronald Guzman. He's he hit a bomb. He hit a bomb on Monday's game. I think he hit another three run bomb today. He's playing really well for them. He's kind of been a surprise for uh, for the Rangers. So you know, obviously we're still not expecting much, but like you said, a good week for him all in all. Yeah, he's so he's showed some flashes of power. The average is still uh, pretty low. The uh, guy who has been not he's off the DL. That is Rugnet Ordor. Hasn't really been great. I mean, he's been better this weekend against the Royals. Got at a couple two hit games, which is good. He raised the average up from uh, one to get the lowest it got was on the twentieth at one sixty nine. Now it's up to two hundred. So only up for Rugnet Ordor, but he's only got one homer this year, eleven RBIs. I know he's been hurt, but. This is not the type of start to the season, even with he, even with him being injured. Not a good start for him. Yeah, not at all. And it's just kind of a carryover from last year. Uh, the guy struggled early. His slump kind of lasted through the whole season. And like you said, even though he has had injury problems, it just is not clicking for for Rugi so far. Which is, you know, it sucks for the Rangers because you know that's a bat that they were relying on. Well, I guess twenty sixteen. Because, like I said, last year his, his, he didn't have that great of a year. 2016, he was kind of uh, shocked. He had, what, 35 bombs in 2016? So uh, the fact they're not getting that production from him this year is obviously hindering them quite a bit. And they just, I don't know, they just don't have, they just don't have the guys. You know what I mean? We've said this numerous times, and it's just, it's going to be a rough summer for uh, for the Rangers out there at uh, Globe Life, especially the hotter it gets. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a long, long summer for them out there, especially pitching when Ugh. Bartolo Colon is, has the lowest ERA on the pitching staff at three, I think it's 3.55. Uh, Cole Hamill's had another tough outing today. His ERA is up to 374. Uh, so, you know, it's it's just. Struggle on top of and struggle. And the big sexy was only supposed to be here for uh, starters, too. Yeah. And they've just had to keep him around 
because he's been the best pitcher. Yeah. And Hamels has gotten a little bit better as the season's gone on. But for your like main trade chip, because he's your main guy, and I would throw Beltre in there, but the thing is Beltre is chronically injured now. Yeah. Like, definitely, hate to say it, but he's got the injury-prone label on him. So who's what are you going to get back for Beltre? Hamels is the only guy you got any chance of getting some type of value with and he's no one no one no contender is going to trade for him if you're looking for an ace and maybe he pitches better if it's like the National League or something but mm-hmm. I mean it doesn't seem like he's got that much left in the tank. They might be able to move some of their bullpen guys if you know somebody wants to you know make a deal there at the end like you said for a nice little playoff push but again what are you going to get back for some of these guys you know Claudio might be one of your better uh, trade chips from the bullpen. Maybe someone takes a chance on Matt Bush, but again, you're not going to get anything back from him. I don't know if they want to move Deekman after just bringing him over uh, a season or two ago. Yeah, so, like you said, they're they're just kind of stuck in the mud with their wheels turning. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of the same thing as we've been talking, uh, I mean, about the Rangers forever. It was already hot this weekend, and they had two day games, mm-hmm. which was must have been just aching out of the ballpark. Monday but, was brutal. And it, that was a night game. And it got hotter the or stickier when the sun went down. I just don't get... I mean, they're going to be... Uh, I mean, there's. it's going to be probably one of the lowest attended Ranger seasons in the last 10 years, probably, Yeah, it's coming be. up this year. And it's tough. And the, like we've talked about, the front office and I think mainly ownership is focused on building a good team for when the new stadium opens, but and that brings a lot of excitement in its own. But I mean, you gotta, you either gotta be really bad, or try and go for it. You can't be just in the middle in baseball right now. Well, they are definitely really bad right now. I they mean, are really bad, but there's also the problem is there's also a lot of other teams that are that are even worse. That are even worse, and that's the problem. Like they're last in the division. They're the only team not above 500 in the division. They're mm-hmm. 11 games under uh, right now. So that. We'll conclude our Rangers talk for this week and probably a couple more weeks to come, which is disappointing. We might, we'll just maybe go around MLB every week from now on and sprinkle in the Rangers because that seems to be a little more interesting than what goes on there in Arlington. And now the NBA draft, we're going to talk about this since we kind of just touched on the lottery. The draft combine was this past week. Didn't really follow it that much uh, or a couple weeks ago. But we kind of just glossed over this quickly at the end of the show last week. But the Mavericks picked fifth. And I know we I talked about this last week, but I don't understand why people are saying the season was a failure. What your season came down to was the bounce of a ping pong ball of you staying in the top three or falling. And the ping pong ball, you won the coin flip. You thought you got better odds for being the third pick. And your ping pong ball ended up getting you the fifth pick. And that's what happened. I don't know how you could call the season a failure. You were trying to be bad. The problem was there were other teams that were worse, and it just, and it just, uh, I, I, it happens in the lottery. You know, this is the Suns. The Suns had the best odds, I think, last year mm-hmm. or yeah. a couple years couple ago, years and they ago, got yeah. fourth. Yeah, that's just what, that's just what happens in the lottery. You just gotta, you gotta hope and get lucky. 
Yeah, I mean, that's literally what it is. It's a lottery. You know, you're just playing the odds. And <clears throat> I touched on this last week when we were kind of going over the draft. There's still quality players that you can get oh, at that fifth sure. pick. Sure, you don't have your pick of the litter if you would at one, two, or three like you would like. But there's still this draft is really deep. And there's still numerous players that they can get, guys that will be able to fill it up, guys that you can pair with Dennis Smith and some of the younger cats that you have still kind of grooming in your Dwight Pals and uh, other guys. So, you know, you're still in a good spot. It's not a terrible spot. If you fell to me, Maybe seven, eight, nine. Then you could complain that it was a uh, a, a failure. But sitting in the top five in this draft, I think the Mavs are still sitting pretty. Uh, a couple guys that they can get there. We've talked Mo Bamba. That's probably who they're going to be looking to go to. Uh, Michael Porter. He could possibly fall there, and I think he might be one of the top guys in the draft. Definitely one of the top scores in the draft. Even though he had that back issue uh, all year this year, um, you're probably not going to get a Bagley or Jaron Jackson. DeAndre Ayton should go number one to the to the uh, Suns, but you never know. But like I said, there's still some quality guys that can go with Dennis Smith and make the Mavs young and exciting really quick. Yeah, and I guess. Like, okay, so say the Mavs got the second or third pick. Are people, are just the casual Mavs fans going to be excited about Doncic if they drafted him? You'll be like, oh, why don't we get another guy? And Doncic could be a nice player. So you're, I think you're fine here, but I think the way the NBA is going, I think Mo Bamba, yeah, he's a nice player, but he's almost like, uh, an obsolete, he's not obsolete. Right, but, but in this type of, in this NBA climate, but you need wings. Yeah, the NBA is shifting to a is a wing lead now, and Bamba's a, a traditional center. So I think you need to go uh, with like a, a wing type. If it's Porter, whoever it may, whoever Bridges, I mean, whoever it may be. Yeah, no, a whole, I I agree. Um, but you know, you'd still not like to have somebody that can be down there, get you some boards, kick it out to you know a couple of these wing guys, but. Um, I agree about Mo Bamba. That's the one thing that is, you know, working against him is that he not only is he a, he's a freshman, which is crazy, but he's twenty already. You know, a yeah. lot of these freshmen are eighteen, nineteen, and NBA GMs like to draft the younger guys. That's why you see, you know, guys like, for example, Buddy Hield a couple years ago. Even though he was good coming out of college, he was old in GMs' minds. He was twenty three, twenty four as a senior. So uh, that that's working against him. And again, like you said, in this NBA environment, how it is now, you if you do have a five, a true five, you want a guy that's a little bit smaller that can move up and down the court that may be able to stretch it out a little bit, at least to uh, you know, ten, twelve feet. But he's kind of an under the basket, back to the back to the hoop type player in Bamba. Yeah, and it will definitely be interesting. We'll probably have a guest on uh, coming up closer to the draft to talk about some of the top prospects. And the Mavs only have a first rounder. They, I don't think they really have a second rounder uh, in this in this draft. Yeah, they so, got the thirty third pick. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's at least good. You could find a, a decent player, quality players that have been out there in the second round. So at least they have two picks, and that pick is the third pick uh, in the round. So it's a top pick. In the second round. Oh, they got 54 as well. So, okay, maybe you package that up, see what you get. Yeah. But they'll definitely get a couple young players uh, in this draft. So, I mean, I what I see are people say the season's a failure because the ping pong ball bounced differently than what happened. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't say that because you're trying to be bad. It's just hard in the NBA because teams, every team... It's pretty bad. Like, there are so many, the race to the bottom, it's what Adam Silver says. There's a race to the bottom, and you have to be, like, awfully bad. And the Mavs were mediocre bad. 
There's a difference right. between what the Suns were and the Mavs were. And then, of course, when you're at the end of the season and you're trying to lose every game, there's so many other teams trying to lose. Right. And the teams in like the A spot are trying to lose because they're trying to pick up some other things on that. So it's just a big tank fest. Mm. So it's tough. Some might even say a tankathon. Yeah, Tankathon, good website. We've used that. That's been a big time website. That's been huge. I like for it. us here. It's good. Uh, so closing up here on the show, the Celtics are up fifteen to thirteen. Listen to this. LeBron has nine points. He scored the first nine points for the Cavs. Uh, Jeff Green got an and one. So, uh, I mean, someone else right now is going to have to step up for the Cavs, whoever it may be, if they want any chance of winning. But they were down like eleven to four, so they crawled their way back up so what uh take a look taking a look forward to this week ryan what are you uh excited about uh in the sports world since we got about a minute left of the show i'll tell you what i was gonna bring this up to you pre-show we haven't done the short thing in a while so maybe this will be it it's not it's not gonna be a short thing but women the women's college world series i i love women's college stuff off my fiance jamie's listening right now she probably isn't but um she uh she always gives me crap because I love women's college softball. Yesterday there was a big game to see who was it was the final game of Super Regionals, Florida yeah. A&M, and A&M was up uh, I think two runs in three the last to two. Three to, okay, it's 3 to 2. UCLA or excuse me, uh Florida's two balls, two strikes, two outs. They're down to the last strike. Chick hits a walk-off bomb. Freshman. Freshman, a yeah. Freshman, left center. It was whoop. electric. Yes. I love the Women's College World Series. Obviously, the regionals for men's baseball is going to get rolling, too. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's really what I'm looking forward to is is uh, playoff college baseball and softball. All right. What I want you guys to watch this week is the men's championship for golf. Oh, wait. Shout out Arizona Women's <laughs> College Golf National Champions. Uh, that was a great match. Uh, came down to the playoff hole. Haley Moore. Won it against Alabama. So the playoffs for the uh, – they do match stroke play, then match play. The final round of match play where they cut the field to 15 is tomorrow. Top eight go to match play. And they have two matches on Tuesday and then the championship matches on Wednesday. So try and DVR it or watch it. They're, these are guys are the stars of the future, and it's really, really good to watch. All right, that's a short thing. Talk to you guys next week.